1: Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Life with Chris and Tatum. What's
2: up, guys? We're so glad you're here listening again this week. Chris and I are the pastors at Life Fellowship Church, and we release a new podcast every single Wednesday. So we just like to give a shout out to all you who are out there. Yeah,
1: and if you'd take a second and uh, share this uh, podcast with your friends, with others, uh, you can even rate it.
2: Yeah, and especially today's topic, because this is going to be one you're going to want to let this is massively about, important. Play it again.
1: Today we're going to be talking about how to meet the mental health needs of the next generation. And I am so excited because we've got some of the most incredible guests with us to help us to address this topic. None other than Pastor
3: Matt. What up, Chris? How you doing? Uh we are I'm doing good, man. Yeah. You look pumped up today.
1: And Lara, L- Lara Selby, yeah, Lara Se- Selby is with us here today, and I, I always want to say, uh, uh, uh,
2: you uh, want to say Laura, but Laura, but Lara. it's <laughs> Lara. So I always We've been practicing, to say that. and here we go again. <laughs> yes. Lara, like Sarah, because it's yes.
1: it's so uniquely uh, written. Your name is I've never yes. seen anybody whose name is written like that. It's it's really incredible. Now, um, Pastor Matt, yep, t- tell us a little bit about because I asked you not, yep. not too long ago. I said, hey. We really need to address this topic, and you're seeing this happen uh, really in the next generation.
3: Yeah, so this this is a massive topic for all the next generation. So from little guys, elementary school, middle school, high mm-hmm. school, even into college and young adults, man, this generation is super super aware of their feelings, and they're super super aware of their emotional and mental health mm-hmm. in ways that the generations before really haven't thought of or been equipped to do so, and so. I know a few months ago we did the parenting lab here at Life Fellowship where we brought Dave Thomas in from Raising Boys and Girls, and it was a phenomenal day. But the thing that just blew me out of the water is when we opened up the floor for Q&A, the number of questions that we got that were very similar in, how do I know when my kid needs help? How do I know when to step in or when when to let them try? And so you see lots of parents with questions about, man, how do I raise an emotionally mentally spiritually physically healthy kid and it's this area of mental health that's making a lot of headlines in the news and in in the topic of conversations that lots of parents feel under equipped on how to how to reach their kids and how to impact and i love the barna research group man because they do a phenomenal amount of studies every year and so in fact when i pulled up barna just looking for some stats and things And it says over eight out of 10 in Generation Z, which would be our, I'm going to get the dates wrong, but our, essentially Gen Z is high school and college. Gen Alpha is elementary school, middle school. So over eight out of 10 in Gen Z indicate that at least one experience has caused them trauma, which has left them uh, lonely and isolated, or they often feel sad or depressed, about 39%. So there's a ton of kids wow. that are just struggling with isolation, with fear, with anxiety, all of those things. And you're, you're saying, seeing, you're seeing, huh? Sorry. I was
2: gonna say, you're seeing, it's 39% of kids statistically. Who's no, eight stupid? out of
3: 10. Eight out of 10. Yeah, so the stat and this is from 2020. So this was before the pandemic. So it's it's much more significant now. Wow. Um but yeah, so 8 out of 10 have ex- have experienced some level of trauma. Yeah. And then the second stat would be I mean 39% of our kids would say they feel depressed, lonely, isolated or wow. un- under equipped to So you're to seeing make. this
1: from a ministry standpoint 100%. and then Lara you're seeing this in the counseling uh realm of things as well.
0: Absolutely. And, Unfortunately, yeah. but I mean, we're seeing, I mean, most of our counselors at the agency I work at, we're full. I mean, we have to put people on a wait list because kids are just having Mm -hmm. such a hard time right now.
2: Wow.
1: So um, tell us a little bit about you. um, And I'm so thankful that you were able to take time out of your schedule because like you just said, you are slammed. Like when you finish up with this, you're going right into another counseling session. So tell us a little bit about about you. First of all, I'm so thankful that you and your husband are uh, a part of Life Fellowship and have been here for so many different years. Uh, You guys are a gift to our church, Mm -hmm. and we are so thankful for you. And I'm so thankful for the wisdom and everything God's put inside of you. And I think today we're going to really be able to help a lot of um, uh, parents and even maybe even speaking to the lives of a lot of our young people that listen yeah. to this uh, this podcast but tell us a little bit about uh, about you a little bit about your background
0: okay well i am happily married of um let's see we celebrated 21 years this year all right and Woo-hoo. so awesome. and then we have a 13 year old and a 7 year old and so they definitely keep us busy and then as far as um professional life i Um, Started out at a community agency in Sherman, and um, I decided to move into insurance because it seemed like that would be a better... Um, it would help me be able to spend more time with my family. I would get to work from home, but it was not a good fit for me. <laughs> and so I am... Um, like, what do you mean took...
1: it wasn't a good fit? Like it.
0: So I really enjoy listening to people and...
2: Um, so that kinda... means
1: you love coming to church on the weekends and yes, listening to Yes, <laughs> I
0: do. Absolutely. Very much so. so I'm kidding. I'm yes. kidding. fulfilling. <laughs> like, Insurance yes. wasn't like, that's my calling. What yes, your? it was not. And I really enjoy helping people. and delving into, like, the mental health side of things, and I wasn't necessarily getting to do that in the insurance realm. Mm -hmm. And so, and then my son was born, and so that was a good opportunity to Mm -hmm. take some time off and stay at home with the kids. And so that's what I had been doing for the past, like, five years. And so in April, I got back into the counseling
2: world. Awesome. Wow.
1: So you've been just fully vested in, and you jumped in, like, both feed in, I mean, just like...
2: After 2020 after and such 2020, a crazy time. Things yeah, have really... For-
1: I mean, you just went from zero to, to full-on speed. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely.
0: And seeing stuff that I would have never thought I would be seeing now. And, I mean, it's very sad. And I'm thankful that things are not as stigmatized as they used to be. Yeah. But I'm also glad that there are... Um, there are lots of resources out yeah. there.
2: What are some of the common like uh, trends that you're seeing kids and people that are coming to you who you say like this is such a, there's such an increase and there's such a need. And like Matt was sharing a little bit earlier, I think when we were growing up, you know, 25 years ago, nobody ever talked about going to counseling. There was right. a stigma or didn't talk about mental health and depression, anxiety and things that are real, you know, really gripping and very life changing um, so what what are some things that you see that are that are more common or just happening now more than maybe 30 years ago? Well,
0: And I think Pastor Matt touched on it. Um, anxiety and depression are huge. And so um, seeing anxiety not only in, like, the teens and the older kids, but seeing it in really young kids, and we may not necessarily recognize it um, as anxiety because mm-hmm. sometimes it presents as, like, unable to focus or um, acting out, tantrums, those yeah. kinds of things in the younger kids, especially ones who don't have the language skills yet. And so um, just seeing it in the younger younger and younger um also, it seems like, especially after quarantine and COVID and all of that, mm-hmm. it seems like mm-hmm. um, our teens are really searching for identity. And so, like, they're trying to find it in um, all kinds of different ways. Sometimes it's not the most healthy ways. And so um, I'm seeing a lot of that, I know, in our practice anyway, mm-hmm. and... Um, really just, you know, kind of feeling lost at times and not not feeling like they can connect to their parents.
3: Yeah. What are some of the th- – like I know for us in our house, you know, and I talked, to, I talked to Landry last night a little bit about this topic. You know, this has been a huge touchpoint for our family. You know, when she was about eight, she started presenting with a behavior pattern that we knew was unlike her, but we didn't have like – the skill set or the knowledge, like, what is this thing? And so eventually, you know, after about a year of like trying to figure out what the thing was, she was consistently, you know, every night for a year, terrified to go to sleep. Mm -hmm. Stomach hurts. I'm afraid. And all, you know, all these excuses she would give. And finally, one night I was, I was frustrated with her. And I was like, I did the Chris Lindbergh, Mm -hmm. like dad deal. Like you're going to bed and this is how it's going to be. And I'm laying down the law and I'm giving it to her, you know, pretty good. And the Lord softened my heart in that moment. And as I went to put her, to physically lay her in the bed, I watched this just wave of fear and anxiety just Mm. wash over her. And I I felt like the Lord said, hey, this is not afraid of the dark. This is not boogeyman stuff. This is, there's something going on here. And so we went and got help. And so I wonder from your perspective, like what what are the signs or what are the ways that parents can like, be aware of when it's yeah. time to raise their hand for help or, like, this is just typical developmental behavior and when is it time to to get help?
0: Okay. So diagnostically, the term that we typically use to kind of um, figure out, like, what a diagnosis might be in the mental health world is if it interrupts your day-to-day functioning. Mm. And so like it sounds Mm. like for you, it was like that nighttime routine every night. Um, For some kids, it's like going to school and they're just like incapable of getting in the car to go to school. And so like when it starts interrupting that and like it accelerates and gets worse and worse, Mm. worse. That's when it's time to. Okay, so let me
1: ask you this: though, as a parent, so you know, I'm the kind of guy that I'm like, hey, we're gonna push through this. Mm -hmm. Like, you're you're not gonna learn anything until you feel some pressure on your life. Like that stuff is good, and we're not gonna use excuses to Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) stop you from you know doing all these (laughs) things. Let's power through it. Come on, you know the dads right here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so at at what point does a guy like me need to like? identify and calm down a little bit and say wow there's actually this is not just um this is not just them like having excuses behaviors yeah. of why it's i don't like, want to do right. that it's right because every kid has excuses why they don't want to
2: go to school brush their teeth whatever like that's, like, that's right. normal to bed, right. Yeah. Yes. To a, right to a certain degree yeah it's very normal but I think crossing beyond the this is so tell normal your pastor
1: dreams. what I need to do to calm <laughs> down
2: and not, <laughs>
1: how would you coach me? What would you say to me in that in that moment? And there? for
2: all the parents, I think yeah. there's a lot of dads. I feel, dads sure. moms I feel like that, I represent. Yeah, some. you do. There's a like we're not gonna take that as an excuse. We're gonna.
1: Because I have this mind- mindset this. that says that when you make an excuse, you never make a difference, and so let's just push past the excuses, and you're going to hurt and whatever, and just so coach i feel him. like this is your chance. This is your Tell chance them, to get Chris. This
3: is, this on is an the intervention
1: couch. for me. yeah
2: <laughs> professionally, in your opinion.
0: Yeah, how can I really? soften that? How I mean. how
1: how should I look at this a little differently?
0: So there is the normal, you know, pushback from kids. Mm-hmm. That is normal that kids can like kind of push your buttons mm-hmm. and they don't want to, um, you know, do what you tell them to. But if you're seeing it on a consistent basis and it becomes like almost where they are just unable to do overcome it and you know like we do have to have that balance where we're Mm -hmm. uh, not only pushing them and like supporting them in that way but also knowing when okay we need to take a step back and look at this and see how um you know see how this is truly affecting you and see like kind of do some investigation and investigative work to find out like what's the root cause of this. how
1: would you know that they are at that so once you do some investigation and basically that's just being aware as a parent right is that right. what you're saying just yeah maybe just
2: asking some questions yes, asking right questions. you know just i think matt mm-hmm. your example that you gave a little bit ago mm-hmm. from years past mm-hmm. when you were putting your daughter to bed and right. you you saw her in a different way you were looking at from a different perspective. I'm sure then led to Mm -hmm. some, let's talk about this. Let me like open up to me. What's really going on here, and that's what it sounds like you're saying. Some questions, like
0: yes, absolutely. Just being able, and I think Pastor Matt, you touched on this when you spoke at our church. Um, that listening is so so important, and being an active listener. And so sometimes as parents, we want to just solve all the problems. Like we don't want our kids <laughs> to hurt. That you know that hurts right. us as parent when our kids are hurting. And so um, being able to kind of take a step back and you know, truly listen to them, truly see, you know, from their point of view, like asking them what their point of view, like, how Mm -hmm. are you, like, how is this feeling in your body? How are you um, interpreting this event? And so like trying to get their perspective.
3: I think that's really big what you just said about, man, how, how is this, how does this feel to you? Like, where do you feel it on your body? What, what is the thought or the thing that's, that's Triggering you in this yeah. moment, but I think too, man. What what else could I listen for in that moment where it's the we're in full fledged panic or we're, in, we're we're having a moment in the house and I'm trying to listen and I'm listening to my kid talk. What what exactly am I listening for? Are there keywords that I should be attuned to? Are there behavior patterns that I'm trying to like get to the bottom of? Like, what am I trying to listen for in that moment?
0: Well. A lot of it is, you know, if you – I mean, you have the normal excuses, which, you know, as we discussed, is like a a balance. But um, also when you hear them saying, I can't, or like, Mm. I, you know, I've tried this, I've tried that, and I – physically cannot do it and mm-hmm. so or emotionally cannot do it i can't get past this mm-hmm. so when you're hearing that desperation mm-hmm. and like it sounds like in your yeah. experience it was you know like she was just terrified to go to bed mm-hmm. and so when you see it at that point that's when you kind of step in and you know explore it a little more with them or reach out for help and so um there's lots of different yeah. lots of resources out there yeah.
3: And then on the flip side, so you, a family comes into your practice and you, you're seeing them and they're, they've presented with the behaviors disrupting their life. They, uh, kids are your, that desperation parents are seeing that. So from the counselor perspective, what do you do to help that kid begin to dig their way out or to kind of replace some of that unhealthy stuff with stronger mental health? Like what, what, what are some things or tactics that you use in the office?
0: Well, a lot of it is all about, like, our brain can be a powerful thing. And mm-hmm. so um, changing some of our thought patterns and teaching that to kids because mm-hmm. they may have fallen into um, the pattern of, oh, I'm not good enough, or I tried mm. this one thing mm-hmm. and so I true. failed That's at it. That's
1: really important, Yeah, it was a- especially mm-hmm. with social media, just pounding that For in their sure. minds that you are not enough. All these labels that they try to live up to, and even – parents, some of the things that we've said to them, or even how we act in front of them. Yeah, true.
2: Yep. I think often the expectation that we can put on our children, and maybe even unknowingly, that that the bar is so high that if you're not an A-plus student, somehow you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. That if you're not Mm -hmm. excelling and you're not the star on your sports team, you need to try harder, or I need Mm -hmm. one-on-one coaching with you, or I need, you know, like those my goodness, the it, it the pressure of um, life nowadays compared to I'm just thinking like I grew up in the 80s mm-hmm. and I didn't I didn't have to perform at levels that I think most yeah. children are expected mm-hmm. to perform at. I'm doing like air quotes because I'm that's kind of what it is. It's mm-hmm. just it's crushing. You at know what times. I've seen is that
1: a lot of times that happens though that it is um, it it is really multiplied to another level. Uh, with on social media because parents will they'll put out, hey, here's what my kids are doing. And again, Mm -hmm. social media Mm -hmm. we always say it all the time. I mean, it's the highlight reel of someone's life. Isn't nobody has their life as good as what they put it. But then they show their kid excelling here. And so then there's the pressure for it
2: just compounds what the child already felt. Absolutely. And now the rest of the world thinks like, Oh, you have to And we just go from one. You have to get first. You have to whatever. Yeah.
1: So of, of these challenges that you're seeing, what do you think? Do you think a lot of it is coming from uh, from parents uh, in the mental health where, where our children are, are facing these things? Is it coming from their peers? Is it coming from just society uh, Society itself? <laughs> where What do you think the main part or is it kind of a blend of all of it?
0: It truly is a blend. Mm -hmm. And it seems like they kind of build on one another. So like it may come from peers. And then we see it in social media too. And that kind of feeds into that fear that's already Mm -hmm. there or the anxiety that's Mm -hmm. already there or that thought, that negative thought that's already there. And so like everything just kind of compounds. And as you said, sometimes as parents, we're trying to be so, so helpful, but then sometimes maybe it's it's working in the reverse, and like
2: that feeds onto it. Yeah. And so, man, I just want to come back for a second because I'm thinking of a scripture right now that talk that says, uh, "As a man thinks in his heart, so is he." Mm-hmm. And just touching on the power of your thoughts and your mind, and and really us as parents, teachers, aunts, cousins, uncles. I mean, we all mm-hmm. interact with children. Whether you're raising kids mm-hmm. uh, in your home right now, or if your kids are grown, or you've never had children yet but really teaching them the power of their thoughts and really what you're what you're thinking on what what is the greatest strongest mm-hmm. loudest thought in your mind mm-hmm. is it a lie mm-hmm. or is it a truth from god's word and then how can we equip them with scripture or even just with truth um yeah. you know you you don't have to win first place for me to love you first mm-hmm. you know like something Chris and I remember we used to share with our kids over and over and over again in a way to help kind of them grasp in a picture in their mind would be, we we told them if I could line up all the other girls in your classroom, Blakely, and and they're standing against the wall and I look at all of those other kids, I would pick you. Mm. I would still pick you. You're my, you're my favorite. And that's nothing you ever do is going to change that. Nash, Mm -hmm. if I look at all the boys on your soccer team, he used to love soccer. Like, dad and I would would pick you to be ours if I could choose. And I think just helping kids understand like yeah. it's not about what you do because mm-hmm. they feel so much pressure from the world and from their peers naturally. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we all felt if you were 70s or 80s kids, pressure from your peers. That's mm-hmm. the normal mm-hmm. part of growing up. But we didn't have the social media pressure and we didn't have the performance like you're in five sports and you need to be the best we're going through a pandemic play. like we yeah. did yes. we didn't face the things in the same way so uh helping them just come back to what is truth what are you thinking about what should you be thinking about mm-hmm. when you when mm-hmm. fear comes against you or anxiety mm-hmm. that you're not performing enough or that you whatever it is you know reminding them of that truth yeah. and then us telling them we, we we would choose you you are my favorite you are are, we're so proud of you and just reaffirming what the uh, what culture and society is Mm -hmm. beating them up with
3: i think that's an Mm -hmm. incredible example and a great point because i think part of where the jobs of of parents have shifted over the last couple decades Mm -hmm. is i love you have a good day doesn't cut it enough anymore yeah and they need to hear those things but they need to hear it i love you because you are so brave you're you're Yes. You're trying so hard. I love that you are leading so well on your soccer team oh, or yeah. that you're like, we have to start combating some of the messages that mm-hmm. they get. And the other thing I think too, that we have to do is we have to help our teach our kids how to set boundaries. Oh yeah. You know, when we were in school at three 30, you got on the bus and said, see you tomorrow. And literally the next time you would think about your friend or yeah. the pressures of school would be tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. And these kiddos, it just, they're connected. nonstop, nonstop. And some of that is great because they're building relationships and they're building connection with people, and some of it's terrible because their brains aren't mentally, physically ready for that. You know, Mm -hmm. for that kind of a rhythm. Yeah,
2: it's so true. You know, I'm thinking
1: about the scripture that says, "Bring up a child in the Mm. way that they shall go, and when they're old, they'll not depart uh, from it." And it's talking to us as parents. And let's just be honest; it's. It's tougher today to, to parent than I feel like it's ever been before. I mean, we were talking about pandemic and the connection that they have, but it says bring up a child in the way that they shall go. Um, and too oftentimes we bring them down mm. and we're not bringing them up with our words. And I think, you know, Matt, you just touched on mm. that a second ago. I think as parents, you know, listen, we are all experiencing all kinds of other pressures in life mm-hmm. and you know, we're having to, you, you got yeah. inflation, uh, you got craziness in the political realm. Yeah. and Parents the, are the, the, stressed too, right? I mean, you got gas prices that have been just all over the place and interest rates and what have you. And there's all these, and it's easy to take out your bad day on your kids. Mm. And I think it's really important that we more than ever before ask the Holy Spirit to put a guard over our mouths so that we are making sure that we're bringing our children up. That doesn't mean that we don't correct them. Oh, sure. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. But I think we have to be really careful. I always say like your tone like if a picture is worth a thousand words, Mm -hmm. the tone is the frame that that picture sits in.
3: Yeah.
1: And we got to be careful of not just our words, but our attitude, our tone, Mm -hmm. our body language. Like your words uh to your kids no matter what they're i mean our kids are yeah. out of the house i mean Blakely's done with college and nash is in his uh in his second year but my words as the dad to mm-hmm. them oh, like yeah. i see them like a you know dry texas <laughs> land i mean they just they soak it up mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. your words are powerful Could, would you speak to that there just a little bit about like the the power of the words uh, into the lives of of the children.
0: Well, and I'm so glad that you brought that up because it is like as parents, our kids, even though they may not look like they're looking Mm -hmm. up to us or seem like they're looking up to us, but they watch everything. Mm -hmm. And so if we're telling them, if we're giving them those affirmations, it can go so much more against those negative thoughts that they may be having, so um, letting them know that you know they are chosen, as you were saying, that they are loved. Um, God loves them no matter what, and so um, giving them those positive affirmations like that can just it can be tremendous.
1: You know, when I was growing up, every day from the moment I began kindergarten to the day that was my last day in high school, mm-hmm. every day, I I even tried to sneak out of it sometimes. I believe it. Every day. <laughs> hey, you better watch it, girl. <laughs> but every day, mom. Yeah. my mom would grab me. Mm. She would pull every me morning. close every morning, and she would pray over me. Mm. She would just say, Lord Jesus, I pray over my son, Chris, and I pray, God, that you would send your angels to watch over him, and I pray, God, that you would keep him from evil, that you give him strength to do the right things, that he would be a leader, and she just yeah. would pray over me. And I still remember she poured – I mean, she just poured everything. In fact, mom has told us, mm-hmm. she says, uh, "When when she dies, mm-hmm. I, I have two. I have two siblings." She said, "All I want, because she devoted her life to pour into us." She said, "I just want three trophies on my casket. It's my it's my kids." Mm-hmm. And she, I, I grew up in in an environment that you know I was bullied really bad throughout the uh, in my childhood growing up, but every day I heard from my dad, I love you, and I'm proud of you. I still remember my mom wrapping her arms around me. And I think, you know, parents, your prayers matter. Yeah. One of the secrets that I've done uh, when our kids were were smaller and we would actually have dinner around the table all the time, uh, now we we fight to try to get them because they're all adults and it's harder. It's a different dynamic that we're trying to learn. But I would take dinner, instead of just praying over the food, I would take a second, I would say, Lord, thank you so much for for nash Mm -hmm. and i would just speak over him and then i would talk about Blakely, Mm -hmm. and then lord bless this food in your name you know
3: Mm -hmm. amen and take every moment you got
2: so good
3: i I think that's incredibly powerful and i think that the reverse of that is true also we are going to screw up like we are gonna say the wrong things to our kids or we're going to we're
2: gonna miss it we're gonna 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 miss the moment and
3: i think there's an equally bigger opportunity and win when you look at your kid and say hey dad totally blew it so good man. you know yes. dad so told good. and I'm, I'm looking at chris i'm mm-hmm. laughing because last week we had kids camp yep. and luke was with me and so last week tuesday we had a staff meeting i was downstairs doing kids camp luke said he was going to go upstairs and sit in my office while well, i found out later that he just joined the staff meeting and mm-hmm. like interjected and did all sorts of things and i ripped into him And I knew when I was, I could feel myself getting heated. I knew I was tired and frustrated from camp. It had nothing to do with Luke. That night we got home and I said, hey, buddy, like dad really messed up today. Like, like I'm sorry. And he's, he's a great kiddo and he let it go. But he made sure he told, he told Jennifer, he was like, dad yelled at me today. And he was like real mad at me. But then he said, sorry. And I think too, like our kids need to see us swing and miss. And they need to see us go, you know what? This is how. Yeah. when you mess up this is how you fix it this is how you make it right and sometimes you can't undo what you've so said or good. there's still consequences but th- this is how you lay that foundation yeah i'm willing to say, yeah, willing I, messed to say I messed up, up. yeah and i think that that is huge in the life of a kid yeah. regardless of yeah. how old they are or what stage of life they're absolutely in. yeah
2: it's teaching sure. them to respond in the right way absolutely
1: so we we talked about on this um just a little bit ago but Lara, I want to ask you this question because so oftentimes there's been this concept that I find with like married couples when mm. they're going through problems, and they're like, "Well, we just don't want to go see a counselor or what have you," and we treat this almost as you're weak if mm. you go to a counselor. Mm. Um, and I always tell people just as much as you go to a doctor if you you broke your leg, you you go to a a, a doctor. And they're going to help you with your emotions and your mindset and how you're seeing things. Why do you think, or in your opinion, what is the biggest misconceptions that people have to coming to see a counselor, whether in a married couple or with their kids?
0: Well, I think you touched on it right there. Like a lot of people, especially like in an older generation, um, we feel like you know, oh, you have to be crazy to go see a counselor or to yeah. get help, or I'm not you know i'm okay i can take care of this myself mm-hmm. you know i'm not to that point yet and sometimes we just need kind of like a check in or you know just like you would have tools in a toolbox sometimes you need those tools that another person like in the mental health field can give you and to Absolutely. pass on to you yeah. and so i think and you know going back to our kids seeing us as an example if they see us being vulnerable mm-hmm. and seeking out help yeah. then they will fall in line too and say, okay, it's okay to get help. Yeah. It's okay to be there, be in that place. You know, so
1: uh, a lot of our people in our church don't know this, but coming up in January, Tatum and I, we are uh, connecting in with a cohort of a number of other pastors, um, just refining how we do church and, and ministry and life. Um, and we are actually going to be, um, we're going to be Tatum and I, uh, we're gonna start seeing a counselor uh, every other week, twice a month. And
3: That's I think it's wonderful. good.
1: I, I want I want our church to know that. not because there's something wrong yeah. in, in our life, but I just think just it's always good health. to yeah. mm-hmm. create great yes. health. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah absolutely. And, and it's not
1: it's not a it's not a sign of weakness, it's not a sign of anything. it's a, it's a sign of maturity. yeah,
0: for sure.
3: I think too. it's like if you had consistent physical pain in your body, hey, my shoulder's been hurting for six weeks. Or yeah. I've been under the weather and I can't seem to kick it. Or if a light on the dashboard of my car came on, yes, the check engine light or the yeah. oil thing, and I couldn't figure out how to fix it, I would eventually go into a doctor or see a mechanic, right? Yeah. right. And I think that's where we yeah. have to get as leaders and as parents and as kids is like, if we want our kids to get healthy, we have mm-hmm. to be healthy. Mm-hmm. We have to be self-aware enough to know hey, I'm, I'm yelling at you about something you did today. It has nothing to do with what you did yes. and what I'm feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. And be able to come back and go, hey, let me, let, but if I don't have the tools to do that, if, if I've not been taught how to do yeah. that, then we're on the same cycle again. Exactly. And so I think that was, I love what you just said about, man, we're going to have tools in a toolbox and we're going to be able to pull those things. Like it's exactly yep. what David talked about at the parent lab was we're going to build a system and we're going to build a way for us to manage our emotions because emotions aren't bad. Emotions aren't evil. Emotions, Give us a clue as to what's going on inside yeah. of us and where where the work of the Holy Spirit can begin and what the Lord can do. Hey, I'm 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 acting out and I'm I'm sad or I'm mad or I'm disappointed or I'm frustrated or I'm what filling you know, filling fill the emotion. Giving kids that vocabulary and giving ourselves tools, I think is a is a huge opportunity. For sure.
1: Now, uh, yeah. you and I were talking just we were. the other day about as like the summer was ending, you were mm-hmm. just talking to me about some of yep. these ideas yep. that um, of what our kids are actually going to need as summer's coming to an yes. end. Yes.
3: I mean, summer is rapidly closing. And so, again, some of us, Larry and I are probably doing a little bit of a cartwheel because we're ready for our kids to... <laughs> have some systems and structures in place. Um, And then our kids are like, why does summer have to end? Um, But man, I really love what Sissy Goff and Dave Thomas, where they consistently put on their their Instagram. And I I pulled this slide up the other day that, I mean, there's four things that kids need as summer ends. Um, One, they need connection with each other. If your kids are not connected with a group, and I'm just going to plug Life Fellowship, like Do if it. you are not bringing your kids to church...
1: What in the world are you, you doing? If you are
3: not making them go into kids or yeah. students, yeah. be the bad guy. Make them go. They yes. need to be physically with their people. Now, let me. can yeah, I just say something absolutely on Absolutely, you can.
1: I think it's so important that we as parents, we need to help our kids to identify the mm-hmm. friends that they're on a mission for mm-hmm. and the friends they're on a mission with like we will not I want them to connect in our kids when, when they were growing up we made sure that they were connecting in with kids that they're on a mission with yep uh, but the ones that they're on a mission for we we would um, we would limit that amount of time yep because I don't want the kids that they're on a mission for yeah I don't want I, I, I want to want
2: that dominating their friendships because they're not maybe reflecting mm-hmm. the same faith that we have the same right. values that we have. And man, we can help steer that as parents, but definitely they all need connection and Life Fellowship's a great place to start.
1: Or if you're not here locally, you know, wherever your church church is, I just think it's so important that they, they have to connect more than just digitally they oh, know, yeah. on Xbox or they do. whatever.
3: Digital connection is going to be a, a part of their life. It is. Yeah. here for it, but they're all, they're also going to need physical connection as well. So if yeah. church, sports teams, special interest groups, whatever, yeah. man, find, find a place for your kids to plug in and make that connection. The second thing they need is they need discomfort and disruption. We need to let them be uncomfortable. And I think Laura, Lara touched on it earlier. Like We want to come in and be the Savior. We want to make things smooth. Um you know, Jen teaches fifth grade, and she got an email from a parent of a fifth grader that said, These are the requirements the room needs for my daughter to be successful. It needs to be at this temperature, and are she needs to, and I was like, Oh, friend, yes.
2: <laughs> like red flag Hoy. that way. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, ah. and on the flip side, you got Landry going to middle school, brand new school, and she's terrified, mm-hmm. and I can't fix it. So I just have to let her be uncomfortable, and that's yeah. okay. Yeah, um, what, what, they Go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say, What, what would you say to that?
0: Well, I think we there's opportunity and challenges. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great counselor way to yes. say that. There are opportunities. Yes. And so if we're feeling you know, as kids, if they are feeling uncomfortable or in that discomfort, they learn so much. Mm, and sure so yep. definitely support them as a parent. But they also need to be pushed to be uncomfortable.
1: Yeah because oftentimes. we never learn until we fail. Right. right. Nobody has ever had anything that they're going, you know, I've learned so much from success. Everyone says I've learned everything from failure. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Correct. And oftentimes from being put in environments where maybe they're not necessarily going to fail but they're just not certain about right. what it's going to be like. Right. They can't they haven't gotten there yet or seen the new school, the new building, the new classroom, whatever. Man, it's it's good for them. They're going to grow in that. In them in and of themselves. Um, because you know that,
1: that they've actually had, a, they have a new term. So there used to be helicopter parents.
3: Mm, and now yes. we have
1: lawnmower parents. Have you guys heard of this? Absolutely. So the lawnmower, so there used to be helicopter Define parents. It. yeah. So helicopter parents would just constantly be monitoring them, flowing around, doing all this stuff. Lawnmower parents are those that are getting out saying, I don't want my kids to have any stress or anything like that. I'm going to grab the lawnmower. I know it's their job to do it, to, to mow the lawn but I'm going to mow it for them. I'm going to make sure that things are done so they don't have any stress in their life. And by doing so, you're actually robbing your kids of the opportunity to grow, to mature, to thrive.
3: So here's what's interesting. I follow some college admissions folks on TikTok, and they've been making these series of TikTok videos about how to apply to college, how to get scholarships, all those sorts of things. And the number one tip that every account that I've seen that gives is do not email your College prof- college professors on behalf of your kids. Like, Hold on, say it again. Moms and dads are emailing in to the universities, to the college professors, to the deans on behalf of on their behalf child? of their kids, and mm-hmm. saying these are this is what yeah. my kid my kid needs That's, this or yeah. can't That's find a lawnmower that. Parent. Like mm-hmm. you I'm going to be yeah. a lawnmower parent. <laughs> There's a the You the opposite of a parent. <laughs> Why
1: don't you grab that edger too while you're at it?
3: <laughs> so our kids need connection with each other. I'm
1: providing you a bed to sleep. You got in, it. The food in the fridge, so you can go mow They that need yard. discomfort
3: and disruption. <laughs> Lindbergh household got that one under control. They need awareness from us. They need us to be tuned into them. So good. And then they need practice doing hard things. We need to let them practice. Doing really difficult Someone things, and it's hard yeah. to see our kids struggle and to see them. Yeah, str- it's just hard to see your kids struggle. Mm-hmm. But what your kid is learning in their struggle is much more valuable than anything you could do as mom or dad yeah. to yeah. be a lot more parent.
2: And you know the benefit I would just add on to that last um, yeah. statement on practice doing practicing doing hard things is allowing our kids to practice like hard things while they're under our roof, yes. while they're under our yes. care versus protecting them from every hard thing and then they get hit in the face by mm-hmm. the world when they leave your mm-hmm. care. There's so much value in being there to encourage them, being there to say, you can do this. You're facing something really hard, but every night you have the opportunity to speak life into them. Yep. Give, give them encouragement that they need versus protect, 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 protect. Turn 18, send you off to college and there's just a whole world of hurt that's gonna hit them because that's mm-hmm. life is hard life is hard Mm. um and and they have to feel that to a certain degree right yeah in in a age-appropriate way the struggle to help development them for facing the real world as adults
1: uh lara if you could if you could close out with uh, a word of encouragement to parents because maybe some parents as matt kind of alluded to a little bit earlier ago uh earlier they could be almost feeling a little bit overwhelmed with man can i do all this and how do I handle uh, this? Could you just give a word of encouragement to parents as they are raising up um, really their most important assignment, and that that's their children?
0: Sure. I mean, I think one of the biggest things is, you know, those opportunities like we were talking about. There's opportunities in um, helping our kids to overcome challenges and um, that Those challenges are out there, but there are lots of resources, too, that parents can seek out and um, find, you know, whether it be a mental health um, professional or, you know, there's tremendous podcasts out there. We've talked about Dave Thomas and Sissy Goff. Um, Their podcast is amazing. So finding those podcasts or, like, finding those resources out there um, that can be a way to educate yourself and be able to be that support for your kids and they're going to make it. They're going, they're mm-hmm. a resilient right, generation. Exactly. And so, you know, they can overcome a lot because they've been thrown a lot. And so, so true.
1: that's, that's a great statement. They're going to overcome a lot because they've been thrown. Uh, yeah. There's been a lot thrown at them. They're going to rise above. And I just want to encourage everyone that's listening today, please utilize you know the ministries that we have here. Uh, if you if you are in the area here at Life Fellowship, we believe that God's called us to come alongside and help parents to raise up godly kids. And um, you know, <clears throat> I just want to encourage you that God's on your side; He's not left you. Um, he He's the, He's He knows all about parenting. He mm. says that I am the Father, um, and He's asked us to call Him Father. All mm. of creation has to call Him God but we have the opportunity to call him Father. And he he understands what it's like to be a parent, and and he wants to be, be alongside you and help you every step of the way. And I just want to encourage you that you're going to make it We're going to raise up godly kids that are going to change the culture, and they're going to do great things for God. I'm telling you, don't let the enemy tell you Mm. that you're a failure, that you're not doing a great job, that Mm -hmm. there's just so many. As you compare yourself with all kinds of other people out on social media, no, 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 God has uniquely equipped you, and he has prepared you, and he's going to use you to raise up an amazing godly uh, and world changer in, in your children. And so just be encouraged by that today. And uh, if you enjoyed today's podcast, uh, let me just encourage you. You might need to send this to a to another family member, or maybe to a friend of yours that is they're yeah. walking through some challenges. Yeah. And give them a word of encouragement. And give them this podcast, and then tell them to go see Lara. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Thanks for being with us today, yeah. Lara. Yeah, so we really you appreciate your time,
1: and we love you and it. your family. And uh, God bless you, everybody. Hope you have a great day. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.